980 meters. Tomblen Rock, three kilometers to the north, is half as high, culminating at 45 meters. Its perimeter, however, is 220 meters longer. Mondol is 65 meters high. 5,000 years ago, it was an island, but today it sits among the marshes. These three rocks represent different stages of the struggle between land and sea, an island, a peninsula, and a hill. The Bay of Mont-Saint-Michel has changed a lot over time. Like all bays, it is subjected to the erosion of the tides, the rivers, the currents, and the wind. Its formation began about 12,000 years ago at the end of the last ice age. Global warming of the atmosphere gradually raised the level of the sea. The coasts receded several kilometers south of the Mont Saint-Michel, which previously had been part of the mainland. At the beginning of the present geological era, one final advance of the sea gave the coastline its current aspect. Some accounts say that in the year 709, a tidal wave suddenly submerged the legendary forest of Sissi. At one point, the sea reached the foot of the massif of Saint-Borladre at high tide. The many villages near the mount attest to the bay's past. Most of them are sheltered behind the hills that once bordered the coast. The strongest tides in the world are in the Bay of Fundy on the east coast of Canada and in the Bay of Mont-Saint-Michel in France. In Granville, during spring tides, the tidal depth can reach 15 meters between high and low tide. Then, twice a day, a very strong current, the flood tide, invades the bay. During the equinox of March and September, the tidal magnitude reaches its maximum. Then, the water can run for a distance of 18 kilometers in the bay at an average speed of 3.5 kilometers an hour. It circles the rock, blocks the entrance to the village, covers the car parks and the grasslands, submerging all but the causeway connecting the mound to the mainland. It finishes by flowing up the coastal rivers, creating a tidal wave or bore, the mascaret in French. The mascaret much inspired Victor Hugo and also Théophile Gautier. When the flood tide was closer to us, it appeared like a cavalry front of galloping white horses in full charge. The lashes of foam seemed to be confused swarming legs and the thunder of waves like the stamping of hoofs, wrote Gautier in Quand on voyage. As the tide ebbs, water slowly recedes to the open sea uncovering a wide expanse of silvery sand called La Tangue. This is a mixture of clay, shell debris, schist, and granite particles. The ebbing tide is slower and less powerful than the flowing tide. Thus, as it recedes, the sea deposits part of the sediment carried away by the flood. Moreover, because the currents are stronger at the entrance to the bay than they are inside it, their intensity diminishes as the sea advances, which leaves an even greater sediment deposit. Each year, the tides deposit about one million additional cubic meters of sand. During the last 8,000 years, the bay would have risen by 15 meters. The bay, then, has silted up, filling out little by little. Plants, such as halophyte, 
well adapted to salty environments, spread across the strands, stabilizing the alluviums and turning the sludge into grasslands. Only the far-reaching spring tides ever submerged these salt meadows that are progressively encircling Mont Saint-Michel. The land reclaimed what the sea had taken from it. From the top of Mont Saint-Michel, it's easy to distinguish the land which has been formerly submerged. It is now devoted to agriculture. Nature is not solely responsible for the filling in of the bay. Man has accelerated this process since the earliest constructions during the 11th century. First, the dike Duchess Anne was created to protect the marshes of Dol. Much later, in 1769, a ship owner called Kinet de la Hogue set out to conquer land south of the mount. But Kinet's